Hey there, friend, and welcome to the Self Love for Breakfast podcast, where we have honest conversations about health, wellness, self-care, and of course, self-love with amazing women who aren't afraid to give it to us straight. Real life, real advice, and no BS. I'm your host, Crystal Rose, and today I'm serving self-love for breakfast. Hello, and welcome back to the Self Love for Breakfast podcast. I'm Crystal Rose. I don't think I need to say that anymore. Do I need to say that anymore? Have we already talked about this? I already say who I am in the intro. I feel like I feel like I'm being redundant. So I'm a, I'm going to apologize for being redundant. <laughs> but welcome, welcome back. So you guys, I just had my birthday this past Sunday. Um and so I thought like this would be a good time to talk about all the mistakes I've made in my life. <laughs> Um, I actually, I asked my Instagram and my Facebook people um, whether they'd rather hear about the mistakes I made in life or the mistakes I made in business. And they're very, very close. Um, So I'm probably going to do the business one later, but today I want to talk about all the mistakes that I've made in life, mainly because I think it's really important to kind of share big fuck ups. You know, I think a lot of business owners like they are quiet and then suddenly they're like, oh my God, we blew up and it's been amazing, right? Like you don't always get to see the dirt. You don't always get to um, know the tough times. And so I want to share, I want to share that with you. And I'm going to share like, you know, of course the lesson I got out of it because I think that's really, really important. And I think I'll throw in there um, maybe like the best decision I made for that time period. So I think I'm going to go... Um, in decades, maybe? I think that's what we'll do. Or maybe we'll do like half decades, whatever works out. Um, I'm not quite 40 yet, so I don't really have you know, anything to say about that. <laughs> but I am in my late 30s. Um, so yeah, so I think I will let my you know first decade of my life, age, age zero through 10, um, I'll let that one go because I think whatever make, mistakes you make as a child are through a children's eyes, your brain's not developed. You honestly have no idea what the hell is even going on. So we're going to skip that decade entirely. Um, so then we'll go ahead to like teenage years. Because I think that a lot of mistakes that we make as a teen um, can be understood as an adult in like a totally different way. And I think some, I think people have regrets that they, you know, when they were a teenager, I think a lot of us, you know, can look back at some point in our teenagers and be like, oh man, I wish I'd done this instead. And I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So when I was a teenager, um, I went to this cult-like a boarding school. It was like a reform school. It was definitely not like a prep um, boarding school. It was like hell on earth, hell, actual hell on earth. Um, and so when I was 16... I had a boyfriend at boarding school, which we we were not supposed to have. We were not supposed to have be in relationships or any of that. Um, we actually kind of got into it in the before summer happened. Um, he was actually someone I didn't like very much. I thought he was a real asshole. <laughs> um, and then somehow we just ended up talking and becoming friends, and then just kind of like fell in love with each other, right? And he went away on a summer trip because we did that, and I stayed on campus because I was 
not allowed to go anywhere. Um, they didn't trust me. It's funny. Um, and then when he came back, I had gotten myself into a higher level dorm. I was doing really well. And I still really like wanted, you know, I wanted to have this relationship, even though I wasn't allowed to. I wanted to have this relationship. I loved the way I felt. I loved being loved and cared for and knowing that like someone in this school that, you know, and I was so, oh my gosh, like just how hard it was, um, that there was a love for me. And as someone who didn't really feel very loved as a child, this meant a lot. So I had gotten the opportunity. I was really into singing and dancing and performing. And I finally had gotten the courage to sing in front of people and to like audition for things. And I got this part in a show that was going to go off Broadway. I had the opportunity to go to New York with seven castmates and the production, everyone, um, and be in this show. They had actually, they'd booted someone out of it. I was taking her place. Um, and I was just like on cloud nine. Well, the headmaster did not like me very much. And there were, you know, murmurings about me and this boy. And so it got brought up in a meeting and a door meeting. We had meetings every day. It was like group therapy every day. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to write a book about this one day, but until then, I got brought up in a meeting and he brought up my relationship. And it was like I was slowly watching everything being taken from me. Um, I was no longer allowed to be in the show. That opportunity was gone. They replaced me. Um, and this is just all for liking a boy and him liking me back, like having a forbidden relationship. Um, they asked if we were going to run away. And at that point, we had no plans to run away. Like I was just... You know, I was happy being there. I was I was happy getting to be in the show and I was excited and it was fine. Like it was like things were finally like not absolutely horrible at school. Um and when I look back at that, you know, talking about it through it right now is actually really helpful. <laughs> um and realizing that, you know, like it wasn't there wasn't anything I was really doing wrong or bad, but having that relationship, having been a priority made it so I missed out on something that could have been absolutely incredible, you know? And hey, maybe I would have gotten booted from the show anyway, right? Like maybe they had it out for me and wanted to get rid of me anyways. Um, and maybe they would have put the girl in there who who took my place and ended up going and did amazing. Um, you know, maybe that would have happened anyway had there not been a boy. I don't know. All I know is that that... It felt so out of my control, but really when I look back, it was within my control because I was doing something that was not allowed at school, Um, something totally natural and totally normal to have a boyfriend at age 16, (laughs) to like a boy, to have him like you. I mean, we didn't kiss or anything, you know, we didn't do anything because we weren't allowed to, Um, but that relationship cost me, you know? Um, it, the funny thing is, we still talk today. We're still pretty close. We don't talk every day. We don't talk all the time. Um, we still love each other very, very much. Um, my husband, you know, is cool with it, whatever. Um, but you know, obviously, we're not like in a romantic relationship now. We're friends. Um, but you know, he's not someone I'm with today, right? Like, it's not like that relationship. You know, had had that relationship 
worked out and, and oh, now we're married and all this stuff. And like, it was so worth it because I didn't get to be in the show. Like, no, like that sucks. I missed out on something really big. Um, and so there's definitely a part of me that vowed to, to never let an opportunity be overshadowed by a significant other, by a man, by a boy. Um, I don't know if I actually kept that promise. I think there might've been something later on (laughs) kept me from doing some of the things that I wanted to do, but that really was just like, wow, you know, like this is how I can really screw myself with things, um, is by, yeah, that, that relationship. So that was a big mistake. I felt like I made in my teens, you know, it kept me from doing something that I think I would have loved and that I had a lot of passion for. Um, And the best thing I did in my teens, the best decision I made was to run away from that boarding school. (laughs) This was when I was like 18 and a half and I just had it. I was done. I realized that academically um, they gave me a mountain of, of things I'd have to, I would need to finish academically and then never let me take those classes. I always got put in electives and so I wasn't getting any closer to academically graduating, but then they also wanted you to be emotionally ready to graduate. And I just knew that wasn't going to happen for me with, um, with the way that I was. Cause I'm, I, I was, and always have been just like, this is how I feel. I do not conform. If I think something is stupid, I'm going to say it's stupid. Um, if you tell me I have to do something because it's a rule and I don't think it makes any sense, I'm going to tell you, I don't think it makes any sense. Doesn't mean I'm not going to follow it. Sometimes I will, sometimes I won't. Um, but yeah, I was just like not that person who just conformed to everything. I didn't, you know, get full of it and and start confronting other people and and all of that. Like that's just not who I am. So I knew it was going to be a rough, rough go at it. And I probably wouldn't graduate the year that I was 18. I probably wouldn't even graduate the year that I was 19. And yes, they could keep you longer if they wanted to. So I packed up my shit and I made the decision for myself. And when I left, I made myself a promise, and it's a promise I still hold to this day, that I would never allow myself to completely slip into darkness, that I would always catch myself when I fell um, and pick myself back up quickly if I couldn't catch myself. And that's a promise I have kept um, for probably like 20 years now. <laughs> um, very important thing that happened, and that was a really good decision. So early 20s, let's see, a big mistake that I made. It always has to do with a boy. (laughs) What the hell? (laughs) It always has to do with a boy. So not always, not everything. Um, So in my 20s, I, I got engaged at 22. I got into a relationship in 19, um, got engaged at 22, and um, if you know this about me, I was a cheater. I cheated on this guy, um, not like all the time, but like, you know, enough, like quite a bit where I was like either getting into like these hardcore emotional relationships or like a full-blown like relationship um, with someone else um, or even just going on dates because I wanted my freedom, but I also wanted the security of always having someone there. And yeah, it was really shitty, you guys. It was not the best, you know. I knew in my heart I wasn't a bad person, um, but because again, I needed that. I needed to feel that love that 
I didn't really get as a child. I was like searching for it externally and I found it. Um, not really, but I felt like I would find it in men wanting me. Um, and so that's who I was, my early 20s. And while I'm not proud of how I acted, I do think that, you know, it was, a, it was an important part of my growth because there was a time where I had to really just like be like, I can't do this shit anymore. Like one, this is very stressful. I was like living a double life. It was very stressful. Um, but it was also really hurtful to other people. And I just knew that like, I didn't want to be the kind of person who was just like hurtful, you know, and in, in high school, I, I could be nasty. I could say really mean things. Um, like if someone attacked me or said mean things to me, I could totally turn around and make them cry. I decided to stop doing that because I didn't want to be hurtful to people, even if they were hurtful to me. Um, and so then in this space where I knew I was being hurtful, I was, you know, even being hurtful to to the men that I was like dating there, you know, like they knew up front that I was with someone, but, and didn't care at first. And then of course, as time goes on, they started to care and it was a whole mess. So that is a big, you know, a big tumbleweed of mistakes <laughs> I made was being unfaithful and getting external validation. I think the biggest mistake was was searching for validation externally in the arms of others. I think what I learned most from this time period in my life was really like I just wasn't being me. I wasn't being myself. Like I wasn't cut out for this level of of stress and deceit and the lies. Like it just was so the antithesis of who I am and who I was. Um, but I felt completely out of control. I felt like I was living someone else's life and I couldn't stop. And how I got there is because I couldn't just not be with someone that I wasn't really in love with. That I that you know, like I couldn't. I needed that safety net. And I think I realized, you know, after over time that I didn't need a safety net. Um, granted, it took another relationship after this one. Um, <laughs> of someone who was a sociopath and and somewhat abusive for me to realize that like it comes from me I have to be that validation for me I have to build my life in a way that I want to live it I cannot expect to receive love from others and and let that fill me up so yeah that was a I mean it was a real rough several years um just being being a liar <laughs> being deceitful um being stressed out like i was living a double life feeling like i had no one i could turn to or talk to or you know even make sense of why i was doing what i was doing the best decision i made in my 20s was packing up my shit and moving from San Diego um, to right outside of Charlotte, North Carolina, where my family was at the time, um, because I was in an abusive relationship. And I knew that if I didn't get as far away as humanly possible from him, he would come knocking on my door in a couple of weeks and be like, I miss you. I want you back and all of that. And I wasn't about that. I knew I needed to move on. I knew I needed to start over. I knew I needed to like rebuild my life in a way that felt good for me and didn't involve a man at the central at the center of it, or men at the center of it. And so packing up everything I owned 
and just getting as far away as possible was heartbreaking. It was so hard. I was a broken person at the time. I was very, very sad. Um, I wasn't ready to for it to be a breakup. I wasn't ready to lose him. Um, but I knew it was something I had to do for myself. And I had enough of a shred of a sparkle for myself inside of me that was able to push me to make that huge decision. And once I moved, like once I made a move for myself, a big move like that, and I don't mean just like an actual, like literally moving across the country. I mean like making a move for yourself. Everything changed. Everything got better. It was like I was progressively, rapidly moving towards the things that I I desired, my goals, my dreams, um, things that were for me. And it was no longer about finding a person and placing all importance on getting, you know, validation from a person thinking I'm great. It was like, I am building my own future. Um, and I'm not sure, you know, like I said, had I stayed, I don't know how much longer I would have been in this like yo-yo back and forth with him. I don't know if I would have, you know, stayed in my old ways of being, but once I moved and got away and realized I had this like fresh, clean slate to start over, a lot of things changed for me, um, for the better. So my (laughs) thirties, goodness. I feel like my thirties were like a completely different life than my twenties. Like it really feels like an absolute different universe. Um, the biggest mistake I think I made in my thirties was getting cool sculpting done. Ugh, what a mess. You guys like devastating. So all of my twenties, I wasn't really into fitness or exercise really at all. Like I would run on a treadmill and call that fitness and I hated it. And like, I just wanted to be skinny. And so I was always like starving myself or going on the next fad diet or yo-yo, whatever. When, um, you know, and I'd gotten some cool sculpting done like a little bit. And so I was like, this is cool. Um, you know, whatever. And so there was this local place having this, um, special and I had just started CrossFit. Um, you know, Ugh, and this is what I hate about it, you guys. And I know that, you know, we'll get to the lesson, of course. But I had just started CrossFit. And now, had I stuck with CrossFit and then I moved into weightlifting, like, had I just done that and given myself some time and some patience, oh my God, I would have seen the body that I absolutely desired. Um, I would have felt amazing, I would have looked amazing, and I would not have needed or wanted cool sculpting. I 1000% believe that. Now, around the time that I had started this you know, new program, I thought I'd give my body a boost. I would give it a boost and I would get all this cool sculpting done. Um, you know, I, I wanted just like my thighs. I just wanted my inner, my outer thighs. I did not like how big my legs were. Um, and so when I went to the studio, they actually like kind of ticked off all the spots in my body. They should, they thought I should get it. Now, if you looked at me at the time, like I was not big, I did not need really to like lose all of this fat. Like I, I just didn't, um, you know, when I look at my before pictures, like I was like, wow, my legs were actually really pretty. Like 
Oh my gosh, you know. So I when I got the cool sculpting done, um, it damaged my body. Like, I don't know if you guys have heard, Linda Evangelista is actually talking about this and she had the reverse of what I had. So they said it worked too well, right? So I had these like concave like indents in my body from where like the the paddle is. And if you don't know anything about cool sculpting, it's like basically they have these like paddle attachments and they're in different shapes depending on what part of your body they use them for. And they're like really frigging cold and they freeze um, your fats. And so essentially, you know, they, they, they're like a little vacuum. They like suck up the roll or whatever it is in your body and it freezes it. You know, you sit there for like 45 minutes or however long. Um, and so dead, you know, fat cells can't live in your body. And so after a few months, like the fat just like naturally comes off and that area, you know, is a little more svelte or whatever. So, you know, of course, if you don't want liposuction, it sounds like a really great option. And when you're impatient as hell and not willing to work out and eat well, like I wasn't, or like I thought, like, you know, I needed this like boost for my body. It's like the golden ticket, right? So that's what I did. And and I felt really anxious about it. I did not listen to myself. I did not listen to my body screaming at me to get out of this room. I like financed it. It was a bunch of money that I did not have, but I was so, you know, like, okay, well, this is going to, I'm going to look great and it's going to be worth it. And when the indents started happening and I realized, you know, like I'd be wearing shorts and I'd have these like dark, um, they looked really dark because they were like indented. So it was like shadows um, on the outside of my thighs. Um, And then I had this like almost like squiggle, like divot on the inside of my thighs, like where the paddle attachment like ended and the fat started again. I could not wear shorts for the long, like I just refused. Um, I was so ashamed. I was so mad at myself. Um, it was, it was really awful. And, and you know what? And I think like there are really a lot of after effects that we don't really know about, you know, they're like, Oh, safe and safe and effective. Right. Um, but there are people who experience what I experienced because I've gotten a ton of emails from them. Um, and, you know, Linda Evangelista, like there are people who experience what she experienced. Um, when I went to get my my boobs redone at one point because they were too big and I hated them, um, I went ahead and I got liposuction to smooth out these indents because I literally couldn't stand my, like, looking at them. And, I, you know, over time I was able to look at them and, and see, you know, instead of like my self-hatred, I was able to see like a mistake and um, just a girl who needed some love. And so I had my my surgeon go ahead and like try to smooth it out. Well, they aren't perfect by any means. He said he would probably have to do two or three more sessions. I'm like, absolutely not. Um, you know, I just kind of like let it be what it is. <laughs> it's fine. Um, and he was saying how hard the tissue was in there. It was really hard to get, um, and he's never seen anything like it. And I was like, wow, this is, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, did they know this or is this something that, you know, we, we go into these procedures, we do all these things, we don't really know what the repercussions will be. We just know that we're going to get instant gratification. Um, and so we do them. And so I wonder, you know, I wonder for me, like if it's thrown my body off because it's really hard for me to lose weight. It's hard for me to change really like what my body looks like. My body has been um, 
pretty similar over the last several years, unless I gain, you know, a bunch of fat or whatever, um, which I can still do. (laughs) That is still available for my body. Um, you know, but I like, I definitely felt like I had come closer to my ideal body before the cool sculpting than I ever have been after. And that's even with weightlifting and, and all of that. So really like a devastating thing that happened to me. Now I learned to still love myself. Like I can literally look in the mirror even before, you know, we got the lipo. Cause it, like I said, it's still not smoothed out perfectly. Um, I can still see it. But before, you know, I went and, and got that done, I was like, you know what? I, I started wearing shorts again and I didn't care because I was like, this is my body and I'm going to love it no matter, you know, whether I've got cellulite that's natural or like these crazy indent divots that are not natural that I put there, you know, um, my body, it does a lot for me and no one's going to love my body like I do or should love my body like I do. And so... That, I think, you know, while that was a huge mistake that I made, it was also like a real turning point for me and like my body image and how I feel about myself. And and it really kind of pushed me to actually find body neutrality, to find body acceptance, and then to eventually love my body for what it can do and and the soul it holds and all of that, everything that I am, not just a aesthetic body, you know, that doesn't look how I want it to, or doesn't look like her or whatever. Um, I think, you know, I don't, I don't know if I would still be where I was if, if I hadn't have gone through that, if I hadn't have had this like horribly devastating thing happen to my body. I mean, I was real depressed about it for a while. You guys, it was really hard. And I, there, the self-hate was real. I was so angry with myself. I had to forgive myself for this. And that took a long time. It took a long, long time. <laughs> but I honestly think that's the kind of adversity I really needed to overcome in order to be where I am today when it comes to my body image for sure. And now for the best decision I made in my 30s. These are both early 30s, so maybe I'll do a later 30s one as well. So early 30s, the best decision I made was marrying my husband. Um, ah, you guys, if you've listened to him on this podcast, he's been on here a couple times with me. Um, I just love him so much. I really, truly feel like I found my absolute match, um, you know, where we are so similar it's important, but also where we are so different, it's it's important, you know, like he is grounded when I am like up in the clouds, <laughs> you know, he, he keeps me grounded, he keeps me um, focused, but he also is a huge cheerleader of what I'm doing, of my dreams, of my goals, and I am a big cheerleader of his. We're both very ambitious in our own ways. We both are very driven. Um, this household is like high level all the time. Like no one half-asses shit in this house. I mean, unless it's cleaning the actual house, like, because <laughs> it was time for that. Um, but like when it comes to our lives, like he and I are both like, we are we are at level a thousand. Like we are just going, going, going. Um, you know, whenever he wants to run something by me, 
he'll be like, oh, I've got this idea. And I'm like, yeah, 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 do it. And I like give him tips and whatnot and then vice versa. So like we have just built this incredible relationship. Um, we've been together about 10 years. We've been married for six and best decision I ever made was marrying this man. I don't, I don't even know how I was able to get married. Cause honestly, I, I, there was a long time where I just felt like I was not the marrying kind. <laughs> um, but now I, you know, or I thought that I would be a good wife cause I could cook like that at one point, you know? Um, but now I love, I absolutely love being a wife. I absolutely love being married to my husband just for like who he is. Um, and I just know that this was such a good idea. <laughs> this companionship is such a good idea. And yes, sometimes I kind of wish we lived next door to each other and he had his own house and I had mine that I could keep clean, but you know, I will, I will take separate comforters for now. <laughs> so moving to my late thirties, cause this feels good. I think, I think we can come up with a mistake here. <laughs> um, you know, what's funny is, so I feel like my mid, mid to late thirties was a mirror, re, mirror reflection of my early twenties. So in my early 10, 20s, I was doing like the external validation for like cheating and whatnot. Um, and in my mid-ish thirties, I found that I was hustling for my worth. Um, and probably my early 30s too, but like throughout that time, um, you know, and especially through like 2019, I was absolutely hustling for my worth. Um, you know, I decided I wanted to do something like, I think it was in 2019 too, I was like, I want to be a speaker. And so I like threw together a speaker reel and like, I want to start a nonprofit. And I started a nonprofit and I just like, all of the things that I wanted to do, I just like tried to slam through them and just like get them done as soon as possible without really intention, without really like, what, what am I doing this for? Why am I doing this? What do I, you know, what do I want to get out of this? How am I going to do this? It was like just doing it, like just the accomplishment of doing it and then moving on to go find something else to do. Um, I think it was very reflective of my earlier 20s because instead of, you know, getting attention and affection and love as a replacement for my own, I was now like trying to create all of these accomplishments that would like tell me I was good enough, that would fill me, that I would feel like I deserved or I could prove myself. It was like I had just taken the other thing um, that I was like doing and then found something new. It like transferred, right? And you see this with people who you know, like have addictions, for example, like if someone is addicted to drugs and alcohol and they get sober, rarely is that just like the end of it because it's not the issue. The issue is not alcohol. The issue is not drugs. The issue is something internal um, that the drugs and alcohol are fulfilling. Um, and so you will usually see that person go off and, and get maybe obsessed with something else, right? And it maybe it seems healthier, like exercise. Like my husband did that. He got sober and went like full tilt. <laughs> I mean, he, first it was Spartan races, then CrossFit, and he just like went full tilt into it, like obsessed. Um, and I think that that's what happened to me. I went from this, you know, this, it did not feel good. And I was hurting people into, you know, but I was getting this external validation to, I'm still getting external validation for my accomplishments um, in a way, but I'm not hurting anyone. And it feels more in alignment with who I am. 
So while it wasn't perfect, you know, got a little bit better. But I, I really think it, you know, it was a mistake to try to rush my business, to try to be so impatient, to just want to get to the other side, to like want to be at the top of the mountain, but not, not enjoying the climb, not enjoying the journey. And I've said this before on this podcast, and that you know, there are a lot of other people who have said this, you know, it's not the journey, it's not the destination, it's the journey. Like if the journey doesn't feel like you're already at the destination, like something's wrong here. And I always thought I would be happy when I got to there, when I make X amount of dollars in my business, when I complete this one thing, when I um, accomplish this, where I'm speaking on stage. And it was like never enough and it was never good enough. And I never felt it. I never felt like, wow, I, you know, I can really sit and enjoy this. Like I couldn't because I was always on to the next thing. So I think, you know, that was probably the biggest mistake that I made, you know, for my, I mean, and it was my personal life. It wasn't necessarily just business, but it was like my personal drive of like having to do all of the things. And I felt like a hamster on a wheel running towards this gorgeous sunset that I would never get to. And I was actually quite depressed. Um, very often I dealt with a lot of anxiety and a lot of depression throughout that whole time because I just never, I never felt good. And, and, you know, it's like that, that high functioning depression where on the outside looking in, people are like, Crystal's killing it. She's doing this. She's doing that. Um, and on the inside, I wanted to disappear. I didn't feel like there was a point to life. I was not enjoying anything. You know, there were like little moments um, but for the most part, it was like, I just felt like I was, like I said, on a hamster in a wheel. So um, mistake, <laughs> I guess we could call it, you know, that was, it was me living in this coping strategy and I, I didn't know how to get out of it. So honestly, like, could I have fixed that mistake? I don't know. Probably not, not at the time. But taking that and moving into the best decision I made in my late thirties and that mid to late 30s, I guess we'll call it. And that was in 2020. Well, you know, at the end of 2019, I actually, I went to a Tony Robbins, um, I went to a Tony Robbins event and that was like pretty life-changing. I think that was like the, the spark, that was the catalyst. That like, that's like what gave me what to look for. That's how I knew that my life could change. Um, but it wasn't going to change if I kept doing all the things I was doing, like the self-help books and all of the other stuff, the mindset crap. Um, and so when I enrolled in the certification program to be the coach that I am now, um, you know, my mentor is really big on us working on ourselves first before we can work with other people. And I wasn't really thinking there was anything out there that could actually help me. And I was so, so wrong. <laughs> and I'm so glad I was so wrong. And I'm so glad I took the leap and did this program. Um, because while my intentions for it were all completely off, right? I wanted to, actually, I thought I was going to use it for my nutrition coaching company. Um, I, you know, like really was just trying to achieve, achieve, achieve and accomplish. And I thought this, having the certification would, would help me do that. And what it did instead was blow up my life in the best way possible. Um, it introduced me to embodiment work and gave me a way to work with other humans where, you know, my life's work now gets to be so gratifying 
You know, like I am in the destination every single day. I wake up, I look at my calendar, I'm excited for it. I'm never like, ugh, I don't want to do that. Right? Like I did that all the time with my boutique. I did that all the time in other businesses. Um, but this one, this coaching has absolutely changed my life. I get to work with the most incredible women. Um, I get to help them change their lives and transform into who they want to become. And I've never felt so good. I, I haven't struggled with the anxiety. Um, I haven't struggled with social anxiety, which was something I had been dealing with. I, I haven't dealt with the depression. And it's been almost weird. You know, it's been a couple years now um, that I haven't really experienced those things. And when I do feel a little bit of anxiety coming up into my body, I know how to work with it. I know how to understand what's going on. I don't just try to get rid of it. So I'm so, so grateful. That was like probably the best decision, one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. Um, And if I could have done it sooner, I think I definitely would have. If I could have found this in my early 20s, oh my gosh, like, can you imagine? I can't even imagine the the woman I would be today if I had started doing this work back then. Um, And so that's why, you know, you guys, I talk about it on my podcast. I talk about it on my social media, my coaching. Like, I'm not just another coach who's like, I just want to coach people and make a, you know, six, seven figure entrepreneur, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, like, no, I'm here to change lives. Um, I'm here to work on myself and continue to improve my own life and, and feel good and, and be able to offer that to other people. Um, what my purpose is is so much deeper and feeling like I finally found it. And then I am a, you know, a fully regulated person now. Like I don't search outside myself for validation. I don't feel like I need to be super skinny or super fit or whatever, you know, like I take care of my body. Um, and when I realize that I need to take better care of my body, I do it because it feels good, not because I have this like aesthetic goal in mind. And so this work has been absolutely incredibly life-changing and is absolutely the best decision I've made in my thirties for sure. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So before we go, um, I will tell you guys, you know, I've had a lot of people asking like how they can work with me and, I'm I'm very selective about my one-on-ones now. I don't really take a lot because it is really time-consuming. Consuming, um, And I do have a group program, my flagship program, Pendulum, that runs twice a year. And so my next cohort is in June. Um, so you can get on the waiting list for that if that's something you're, you're interested in. However, I just released a course a few weeks ago, and it's like, um, it's really the foundation of all of this work. It's a really great starting point. If you have been in personal development for a while and you feel like, you know, what you've been doing hasn't really been sticking, like this program um, will take you deeper. Um, You know, if you've been wanting to work on yourself, but you don't really know where to start, like again, you know, this is a great starting point. This is a great way to get started working with me um, on like a smaller scale because, you know, my higher level programs do cost a bit more money. This one is more manageable. Of course, I have payment plans for everything that I offer um, because I think that's important too. So this is like the the easiest, quickest, fastest way to work with me and to get started in this work. So if you're interested, um, you can go to crystalrose.com, click on coaching, Um, There should be like a little blurb about, it's called Embodiment Baddie is the name of the program. There should be a little blurb about it and you can click on the sign up button there and sign up there. 
Um, or of course, you can always slide into my DMs on Instagram. It's at Extel Rose or hit me up on Facebook, Crystal Rose. And I am more than happy to talk to you about the things that I offer and what you think might be a good fit for you. So I hope you enjoyed this episode going through the mistakes of my life. <laughs> just kidding. But you know, also the good decisions that I made. And just know that I know that every decision that I've made in my life, and I know that, you know, even the mistakes and even the the heartache and the the hardships and the adversity that I've had to face um, all throughout my life, you know, especially as a small child, it's built me into the human that I am today. And I don't think I would be as good of a wife, a friend, um, and definitely not as good of a coach and a leader had I not experienced all the things that I have um, because there's a, so much wisdom in the things I've experienced because I've learned from them instead of continuing to repeat them and bang my head up against a wall. Um, so I hope you enjoyed this episode, you guys, and stay tuned for the mistakes I made in business. I, I'll be pumping that one out soon. <laughs> Have a beautiful rest of your day and we'll see you soon. If this episode hit with you, please go out there and share it. Share it in your Instagram stories, send it to a friend who might need it, or even just drop in my DMs on Instagram at Rose and let me know what you think. I love hearing from you guys. Thanks for listening.